right, so Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. <coughs> Thank you, John. And uh, says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Verse 2, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Verse 3, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetous, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Verse 4, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Wow, this is a very powerful and uh, thought-provoking, heart-provoking passage. Uh, because when I look at the Word of God... It's a mirror to show what we should be like, but then I go away and I walk uh, and, and I forget what I looked like in the mirror and my damnic nature has a great influence upon this clay vessel. And because of that corruption in my heart, the scripture says in James, uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, it says, The heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? My heart is always raging and tricking me, and I fall for the sins that are all around me, the temptations that are all around me. And so I go to the Word of God to cleanse my heart, cleanse my mind, as the Word of God tells us, it's the washing of the water of the Word. But we have to be careful that we don't fall back into that darkness. And so we have verses 2 through 12 giving us a list of characteristics of what the godly man does. And basically, there's two things that really make the godly man the godly man. And it's in verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. We are to walk, we are to be a people, a person, a godly man that learns to love. We love God and we love friends and family and we love man. And so we, we have to learn to love and, and this is oftentimes a great challenge for man it's interesting, the Bible says, husbands, love your wives. And never in the passage in the Bible does it say, wives, love your husbands. You know, why is that? 
Why is that, Bill? It's easy. It's hard for men. But what does the Bible say about women? Women, obey your husband or submit yourselves. Wives, submit yourselves to your father. There you go. And then in 1 Peter chapter 3, Pastor Joe has been teaching about husbands and wives this last couple weeks and of John the Baptist. People have seen the baptism. So there is a backstory, a contextual story of the historical context. Now Jesus shows up to these men who are aware of this message and he says to these people, follow me. So I'm thinking they had to have some intellectual understanding of this man Jesus who calls himself the Messiah. And these guys are like, hey, this guy, Jesus, that, he's the guy. He's the one that John baptized. He's, he's asking us to come and follow him. So, as you see the stories of the, of the disciples growing from birth to maturity up to the cross, you know they all had different challenges. Even John the Baptist, when he was in prison, said, are you really the one? Everybody had challenges in their growth. It wasn't like, hey man, they're just spiritually alive. And they're just, man, they're on fire for God and they're just following. No, it was, it was like, I'm going to go follow this person to understand who he is. And to grow and understand and find out what's going on. So that's the initial um, superficial idea of following me. But then... There is the image, imprint, of following me. Because Jesus said in verse 19, and he says unto him, follow me. And they're looking at him. Okay, got the picture. They're in the boats. They're looking at him. And he got done fishing. And he says, I will make you fishers of men. So that's a cute saying. That's, they're like, okay, we're going to follow this guy. It's not like, man, I just had revival and I'm giving up my you know, job, and I'm never going to go fishing again, and I'm just going to go hang out with Jesus for the next whatever. It wasn't like that. It was impossible. How could they minds be thinking like that? They're like, I'm going to follow this person. I'm going to go and talk to him. I'm going to understand who he is. Yes, I'm going to leave my ship here to go follow him and talk to him and understand and grow with this person. And yes, there was a spiritual efficacy drawing of the love of God there, obviously. But they still were like in the infant stage there. And Jesus said, my goal is if you take my imprint and my image of what I'm asking you to do, I will make you, I will bring in a manifestation, the idea of make you is manifestation, or I will create in you the ability of fishing for men. And so we love that verse for evangelizing and soul winning. But Jesus was saying, hey, stop fishing for fishes and let's start fishing for the good stuff. It was almost like two kinds of mentality was going on. I'm, Jesus is coming and I'm telling you, stop living for the temporal and open your eyes and start living for the eternal. Temporal is fishing for men in your boat. I mean, fishing for fishes in your boat. 
eternal is fishing for men to help them live a life of salvation and so Jesus challenged them with this is a philosophical statement of saying I'm going to change the way you're thinking don't live for the temporal live for the eternal you know I mean you know we live for the temporal we got to get a paycheck to pay the bill that's temporal Jesus was saying listen I, I, you follow me and I'm going to make you think about eternal which means this temporal idea is going to have an end and I'm not sure how how much of a credibility they said I'm going to end they just the scripture just gives us the statement and they straightway left their nets and followed him it's not like they never went back fishing again did they I mean you know Jesus told Peter go throw the line in the water pick up a fish and then of course after the crucifixion of Christ the apostles ran and, and Peter said I'm going fishing they knew how to live I'm going back. I'm gonna go fishing and uh, you know he went back to the temple because that's all they had left at that point but there's an eternal message here and that's what a godly person lives for is the eternal not the temporal so if you want to follow Jesus that means there's a philosophical shift in how you think yes we still want to go get a job and get a paycheck to pay the bill but our ultimate goal is not temporal that's just some of the details the ultimate goal for the believer godly man is eternal so John Elliott's as Bill mentioned, he is no fool. Give up that which he cannot keep to keep that which he cannot lose. That's a, temp that's a philosophical shift of leaving the temporal and pursuing the eternal. And so to be followers of Jesus, to be followers of the Apostle Paul, to be followers of God means we're living in our minds, in our hearts, in our thinking, and as the Holy Spirit changes us for eternal. So we have fathers and a good follower. I think fathers are the best followers that we need to teach our children to follow. So a couple characteristics of a faithful man, a faithful godly man, is number one, to be faithful. And we have Hebrews 11 which gives us the passage, what is called the Hall of Faith, where they talk about all the different great men of God that lived a life of faith. And one of the interesting ideas of, in Hebrews 11 about the faithful men is they talk about different men of God and how they died. And Isaiah was sawed asunder. So here's a faithful person preaching the word of God in Israel and in Jerusalem and in Israel. And, uh, and they killed him. They sawed him in half. He was, you know, the greatest Old Testament prophet. That's how they killed him. And then um, here's another thing about the faithful men of God in Hebrews 11. Samson was a uh, fleshly person. So he touched the dead carcass and he ate the honey out of the dead carcass. And he broke the law of the Nazarite. Broke the Jewish law of any Jew. 
besides a Nazarite. <clears throat> and then, of course, he drank the wine when he thirsted. And then, of course, he had a relationship with Delilah and participated with the, uh, the Philistine and, and having a relationship with, with outside his, uh, you know, marrying or participating with the, uh, those that are outside the nation of Israel, which is unequally yoked. And so, but Samson is recorded as a faithful man. And there we have three sins that we know he did, but yet the Word of God says he was a faithful man. And so it tells me that, you know, just like Elijah, we are, as men, have like passions like Elijah. Because that's what James says. And we, we have, you know, fleshly passions that drive us. And we need to put a bit on our mouths. And we need to control these fleshly passions. And as we submit ourselves to God and be followers of God, we are blameless with the blood of the Lamb and we are counted faithful. Available. A godly man is available. You know, I work with a lot of different referees. Some of them are 70 and 80 years old. And I'm thinking, what is a 75 or 82-year-old guy doing running around in the field out here with, you know, trying to stay up with guys that are running, you know, 20, 23 miles per hour? And so there's one guy, he gets a lot of great, these high, they're called high-level games. There's one guy gets a lot of high-level games, and he's overweight, and he, he uh, I, said, I, I pulled him aside, I said, let me, let me tell you something about how a referee works. It's not about ability. You know, there's lots of plenty of good reps that are you know, better than me and you. The reason why we get all these high-level games is not because of ability, but because of uh, availability. We're available. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. That's just fact. And uh, let me tell you, you can be placed in some great ministry work not because of your ability, but because of your availability. And God can use the, the, a person dumber than a box, right? Because he's available. And, and that's what it says in 1 Corinthians. It says God uses the foolish to confound the wise. And he uses the weak to defeat the strong. Why? Not because of their ability, but because of their availability. And that's what God wants to do. A good man, a godly man, as Isaiah tells us in 6, 8, you know, G Isaiah cried out and said, I'm here, Lord. And he was available to hear from God. Thanks, Mike. And... Uh, Another characteristic of a godly man is that he has a character that is trusting. And uh, Habakkuk is an interesting book, which I have not studied well. Do we take that in, at Word of Life Bible Institute, Sam? <laughs> but uh, Sam and I went to Word of Life Bible Institute back when... Um, Sam used to play with his dinosaurs. So, um, Habakkuk 3.17. When hard times come, 
Okay, when hard times come, you know, that's an interesting passage. And so Habakkuk lost um, his, the nation of Israel lost their, uh, if you can find Habakkuk, let me know what book it's after or comes from. Is it after Micah? Nahum. And so Israel lost their agriculture strength. They lost their food. They were having great problems financially. And the nation was on the verge of a complete breakdown. And so 317, Habakkuk says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, so they were having problems with food, neither shall fruit be in the vines, which is another you know, metaphor or allegory of there was trouble with families or literally the food. The labor of the olive shall fail, so they were having difficulty using the olive oil or cooking. And the fields shall yield no meat, so they were running out of livestock to eat food. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, so there's no more increase coming from the flock. And there shall be no herd in the stable, in, in the stalls. So the barns were empty. This is a great agriculture, complete breakdown, financially, food, energy. The nation was on a, was getting ready to have a complete collapse. Can you imagine living in a in a world that, that happens? That is happening in certain countries around the world. We don't understand the the uh, the level of emptiness. But Habakkuk said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. What did he say? I'm going to be strong. I'm going to fight it. That's what a man does. He says, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of my salvation. Hey, the answer is praise the Lord. And then verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. See, he's going to be strong. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon my high places. To the chief singer on my string instruments. Okay. This is a beautiful song that they sang. And there are, there's a famous book, Hinds Feet on High Places. From this verse. Favorite? Hinds Feet on Hinds Places. Anybody ever read that book? Um, if you haven't, look it up. You'll be encouraged a great deal. But I love that verse, verse 19. The Lord God is my strength. Habakkuk said, I'm going to fight it. Because that's what men do. They fight. How are we going to fight it? Through the power of the Lord. Through rejoicing and praise the Lord. That's how Christian godly men do it. Amen. We rejoice in the face of danger. Well, trusting. Habakkuk trusted when hard times come. And so the next three, because I'm all done, is humble, eternal, and restore. Okay, Malachi, restore the love of the fathers to the children. Eternal, the greatest gift you can give to your children is eternal life. And First uh, John chapter 5. And, uh, and humble, a godly man walks in humbleness before honor is humility, Proverbs 15, 33. Okay, you can write that down. I'm going to get going. 
I got to meet some young people. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and your mercies. And thank you for the word of God that we can be encouraged. And we can look at the mirror of the word of God to encourage our hearts to walk faithful with you today. And Lord, help us. Forgive us of our sins. Let the blood of the Lamb cleanse us. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.